And welcome to the Cold Brew Podcast. I'm Dave Gasper, joined as always by Matt Carroll. You can follow each of us on Twitter. I am at dgasper24. Matt is at mkematt13. And we have got a packed podcast coming up for you as you're probably sitting through the winter storm right now, either looking outside at 10 inches snow or negative two degree temperatures. It is all awful and it is winter, but <laughs> spring, Matt, is just around the corner. We're almost there. We're a few weeks away. We're about a month away from pitchers and catchers reporting. So let that try to keep you warm right now. If, if that's how you want to justify saying spring is right around the corner, then sure. All right. <laughs> I'll, I'll give it. I'll give training it is just around the corner. My, my my view outside my window says otherwise, but okay. <laughs> oh, sure. It'll, it makes us Think feel better. warm thoughts. Okay. I, in Arizona, spring is right around the corner. Sure, spring's always right around the corner in Arizona. A mere four weeks away from those videos of mitts popping and mm-hmm. bats cracking and just Oh, just just let that warm you up right now as you look outside at six to ten inches Ugh. of snow and and negative two degree temperatures. Just let that keep you let that thought keep you warm right now um, as we talk some baseball here as we make it through the slog of the off season and we've approached one of the big deadlines, uh, the arbitration filing deadline that has just happened here. Uh, So we'll get into that, the results there. Plus, also coming up, Matt and I have our lists of the top Brewers legends, the obscure Brewers legends from recent years, or just even even going back however far we want to. We're not talking the Robin Younts or the Ryan Bronze. We all know those guys are legitimately Brewers legends. But the obscure ones, the ones who were only here for a short time, maybe only had a couple things that they did, but we consider them Brewers legends all the same. Perhaps ironically, perhaps only referring <laughs> to it that way on Twitter, but Brewers legends all the same. So we'll get into that coming up and, and have some fun going down memory lane as uh, as we continue to make it through the offseason. But first, some real news. we got to get to business. we got to get down to there first. And the Milwaukee Brewers have made a couple of settlements in the arbitration process. They have settled with Willie Adamas. Uh, they have settled with Corbin Burns this time. They did not take him to an arbitration hearing. I was very nervous about that one. But Burns, Matt, uh, he gets a pretty sizable sum, over $15 million, uh, $15.637,500. <laughs> Uh, yeah, fifteen million six hundred thirty-seven thousand five hundred dollars is what Corbin Burns will get paid in 2024, the final year of arbitration for him before reaching free agency. And Matt, I believe this is the highest arbitration salary the Brewers have given out um, since uh, I think even going back to Prince Fielder. Prince Fielder in 2011, he was at fifteen and a half. I want to say. Uh, for his salary, and Corbin Burns eclipses that in his final year, but they avoid a hearing. They do, thank God. Um, more than we can say about some others, possibly. We'll get to that in a little bit. Um, but we just didn't need another bunch of drama with Burns as he was a year away already. Maybe the Brewers figured that themselves too. Like, all right, it's a lot of money either way. Like, let's just Let's just do it. Um, he actually ended up getting more than what uh, MLB trade rumors had projected in their big piece that they come out with every year. They had him at uh, 15.1. So he gets about a half million more than that. And hey, deservedly so. Um, MLB right now just had their rank, uh, has been coming out with their rankings of the best top 10 in each position. Corbin Burns was listed as the second best starting pitcher in all of baseball. So, like, obviously, he's got the talent. He deserves to make a lot of money. Um, it's it's actually a steal when you look at uh, some of the what, like, the free agents are making on the market this year and what some of these guys are being signed for. Um, you know, 15 and a half for Corbin, a little over 15 and a half for Corbin Burns. 
in the grand scheme of things is not that bad. So he gets what he deserves. And yeah, thank, thank God we don't have to worry about any added drama with him. Yeah, no added drama with Burns uh, and no drama with Willie Adamas either. Adamas, he gets himself, uh, what was it, 12 and a quarter? Yeah, 12 and a quarter for Willie Adamas. Uh, so that he's in his final year as well. Um, nothing too controversial with him. That's around what he was expected to get. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Brewers also avoided with a couple of their other uh, arbitration guys. Bryce Wilson getting $1 million and $25 like 1 million, even plus 25 bucks, like, like not 25,000, no $25 over 1 million. Uh, I'm assuming Wilson's agent was just going in. Look, we need more than a million dollars, just something, just a little bit more than a million bucks. Like in order for us to take this, all right, fine. We'll give you an extra 25 bucks deal. We'll take it. Right. There, there had to be some uh, some symbology with that one. Any Boondock Saints fans, I hope you uh, enjoyed that reference. But uh, uh, symbolism uh, with, Right. There's got to be something. Why else do you go one million and twenty five dollars? Still, again, you know, he, his was under the projections of one point three. William Adamas was a couple hundred thousand short of the uh, 12.4 that he was projected. So some of these other ones, they ended up um, on the lower end of the projections, which I guess then is how you, you know, afford a little bit extra for Corbin Burns. So, yeah. but yeah, but I, projections I saw that. are Yeah, projections are a very inexact science uh, uh, when, when it comes to arbitration. Jake Bowers gets 1.35 million. He was projected, I think, 1.7. Um, so all the numbers are just kind of around there. Uh, but, uh, as of, as of right now, as of this recording, there is still two outstanding, uh, arbitration players that have not agreed to terms and they are Devin Williams and Yoel Piamps, two very key relievers for Milwaukee. And, um, you know, perhaps there's still some that could come together with Piamps. He was only projected around 1.7. I mean, that that's whatever difference there is, is likely to be very minimal, so there's going to be some some wiggle room that there's probably going to be a deal done, I would expect. I don't think it would be too contentious with Piops. But Devin Williams and Corb or Devin Williams and the Brewers appear to be headed to an arbitration hearing. De- we just have the uh word coming in from Mark Feinsand. Devin Williams has filed for seven point three million dollars for his salary, while the Brewers countered at six point six five million. And Matt's I'm worried. Uh, because this is going to be the third star player that the Brewers have taken to arbitration. They took Josh Hader to arbitration. They won, uh, but they upset Hader in the process, and Hader never was a two-inning reliever again after that arbitration hearing. They took Corbin Burns to arbitration. Corbin Burns said that my relationship with the team was damaged in the process. The Brewers apparently blamed him for not making the postseason in 2022, which is absolutely ridiculous. Uh, But uh, the Brewers won that hearing, and upset Burns in the process. And now they appear headed to yet another hearing, this time with another star pitcher, and it's Devin Williams. And Matt, I, I don't feel good about this. The the upside here of saving about $750,000-ish, yeah, $650,000, it just, it, I, I don't see the upside here. No, not at all. And it's when you have a gap like this at, you know, lower rates for the two sides versus, you know, when it was Burns and they were in the, you know, 10 million um, realm or so um, when they were trying to figure themselves out. It's like that's a big gap when when you're down by there. So a little surprising that they're far apart. This it's 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 the pitchers with with the brewers when it comes to and even more so the the relievers but the pitchers when it comes to the brewers and how off their valuations are versus the player and their agent you you we've got williams now you had burns we have pyomps you had hater you know back in the day um it's how how they're not able to get close on these things is kind of kind of crazy and i think it's interesting if you look at a um 
tweet that Kurt Hogue posted er, uh, about an hour ago where he referenced the Blue Jays um, avoiding arbitration with one of their pitchers, Jordan Romano, um, who ended up, they agreed to just shy of $8 million, And Hogue pointed out that there's kind of some similarities between the two in terms of the arbitration year they're in, the year that they had in um, 2023, and then also puts in there for reference um, Josh Hader when he was um, second year arbitration eligible was at 6.7 million. So again, 6.7 million is what Josh Hader made. That's almost exactly what the Brewers uh, are filing for for Devin Williams. However, Devin Williams at this point is already a two-time NL reliever of the year, but then again, oh, you think back to Josh Hader, I guess he was piling What are up. the saves numbers? Like, it's, yeah. Yeah, it's 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 interesting those similarities. So Devin, but then again, like I said, Devin Williams filed for 7.3, similar track record, similar 2023 to Jordan Romano, who ended up settling for over 400 grand more than that. So you can see from both sides kind of where they're coming at or coming from. But clearly no middle ground was to be found. So it's, yeah, it's just one of those messy, it it sucks when you get messy with some of your best players because just having to go into the next season with that resentment, if it happens, if it happens, with Josh Hader, he said it was a learning experience and, you know, everything was kind of taken in stride. With Corbin Burns, very much the opposite. So, you know, it could go either yeah, it was, way. Yeah, it was a learning experience that your team is talking smack about you. I mean, that, that's <laughs> yeah. really what it ends up coming coming down to because arbitration is nasty and bitter, and it, it's no fun for anybody because the player has to sit there and listen to the front office, his own front office, argue that he's not worth what he wants to be paid. That that they're going to be talking, bringing up every single mistake, every single bad thing, every single thing he failed to do. They're not going to bring up any of the successes. They're not going to bring up any of that. It's all going to be negative about that player because they're trying to win that hearing. Mm-hmm. And it's all over $650,000, which to an MLB team is a drop in the bucket. It is less than the league minimum salary, the difference between these two sides. So it's just ridiculous to to keep on doing this now the brewers are have typically been a file and trial club so once you reach this filing deadline if you don't have a deal they usually end up going to trial and the brewers have shown in their previous cases they win in in those arbitration hearings mm-hmm. they, they are prepared to go to trial they, they have a, a very good strategy set up for it now it's kind of scorched earth and it you know, damages relationships with players in the process, but it gets them to win the case. And that's really what, what all that seems to matter uh, when it comes to this. And I mean, Williams wanting to be highly paid as, uh, as a closer, he's going to have a great case because he is an excellent closer. He's got a career 189 ERA, absolutely elite, fantastic, but he only has a year and a half really, of being the closer. Mm-hmm. He only has 54 career saves, which compared to some of the other, um, you know, second year arbitration eligible closers, he may not have anywhere near as many in his career. So in that case, the Brewers may argue that he's not going to be worth, he's not worth that much and get the arbitration panel to side with them because that's what they did with Josh Hader. Josh Hader didn't have the saves numbers because he was a multi inning reliever for most of his pre-arbitration years where he got some saves, but the Brewers didn't use him as a full-time closer, and they'd use him multiple innings, which means he would need a lot more days of rest before he could come back, which means he pitched fewer times, so he couldn't rack up as many saves. And that's where you can look at with Williams, too. Only a year and a half as a closer? You want to get paid like some of these other second-year arbitration closers? No. So... Honestly, I, I think the Brewers are going to go into this and they're going to win this. They're going to win the hearing, but they're probably going to upset Williams in the process and, and just cause more calamity that really doesn't need to happen. Yep. And that seems like more often than not, especially in the Brewers case, and maybe that's just because of how they go about these hearings, 
that's what ends up happening is, you know, the player comes out on the other side, or at least recently, um, player comes out on the other side, you know, not so happy with the team. One thing I will say <laughs> about Devin Williams is I, I, I feel like he's going to have an ERA of zero next year <laughs> because <laughs> when Williams has that fire inside of him, and he's like pitching with that like chip on his shoulder. He's he's brutal. So like yeah. some players like it, it feels like you know things like this it gets in their head and like it affects them negatively. I man with him like oh I'm you remember not- his rookie season gave up one run all yeah. year in 2020 at a 0.33 ERA. It was it was ridiculous. Even though it was, it was a shortened season and it was only 27 innings. Still, it felt like, I mean, even if that was a 162-game season, mm-hmm. he was going to, he was just going to have that one run given up all season. Yeah. Right? Like, he he was untouchable the yeah. entire year. And that was his first season, hit like, big season. I shouldn't say first season because um, he debuted before that. But, like, really, like, coming out there, chip on his shoulder, like, going to prove what I can do. And, whoa, was he something to watch. And... In those games, when he comes to the mound and is just like, you can see that fire in his eyes, that's where, like, it's already terrifying to be someone, a batter who has to stand in the box and watch that airbender coming towards you, let yeah. alone when he has the look. Yeah. Like. Well, it's either it's or, either the airbender or it's 97. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, like, what do you do? Yeah. So I, I say this partially in jest, obviously, but. Um, I, I do know when he when he gets, you know, motivated in a certain way, like it actually fuels him a little bit. Not that I want yeah. this to happen, obviously. Yeah. Um, yeah, better watch out for uh, for any walls uh, hanging around when, when Devin <laughs> Williams gets this yeah. news. But here's the thing, like it, like we can like joke about that. But honestly, when it comes to an arbitration hearing, the Brewers are probably going to bring that up. They're probably going to bring That's up the point. fact that he punt he celebrated a, a division title, got drunk and punched a wall and, you know, eliminated himself from the playoff roster. And that costs the team. They, they could argue that that costs the team in 2021. They did the and, same thing with Burns. I mean, yeah, but I mean, Burns did not punch a wall at least. No, um, he, he was healthy in 2022, but yeah. But like, if you think that's not a card that the Brewers are going to play, like right. you're, you're kidding yourself. They are absolutely going to bring that up if it comes to a hearing. Mm-hmm. And again, if you're the Brewers, you really shouldn't want to bring that up. You like, right. like there's no like personally, just just in like personal inter- interactions, there's no reason to bring up something like that that happened three years ago. But they're going to use it to try to bring down his salary and save themselves six hundred fifty thousand mm-hmm. dollars. It is ugly. It is bitter. It is brutal. Nobody likes arbitration. It sucks. It's awful for all involved. But that's that's the process. That's what the system is currently designed to be. And that's what we're going to have to deal with. So unless these two sides can find some sort of middle ground and settle before they go into a hearing. That's what we're going to to witness. The Brewers just essentially just dressing down everything that. Williams has ever done in his career. They're going to bring up the punching the wall. They're going to bring up the lack of total saves and it's going to be ugly. And I think that the Brewers are going to come out and they're going to win this. I don't, I don't know about whatever comps the Brewers have versus the comps that Devin Williams has, but based on the Brewers history with arbitration hearings, I think they're going to win this and I think it's going to be ugly. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, And, and I wish they would just keep it, to the numbers because they probably can just state their case using the numbers. You brought up plenty of them. And I, I think that the fact that he is a first time closer, you know, looking to essentially get an arbitration deal as though he's been closing for a few years is probably the biggest thing that works against him. They could, the Bruce could lean purely on that and probably win their case. But like you said, they well, why leave that to chance? Why not just throw it all out exactly. there? Because you got to win. Exactly. Exactly. So um, I wish they would have the same attitude towards winning when it comes to building the roster, because you can't 
have this same killer instinct to do whatever it takes to win, but then also at the same time be like, yeah, we're going to put Jake Bowers out at first base. Like, <laughs> it's not the same. Like, have the same attitude. Be consistent at least. If you're going, if you're going to go all out to just win at whatever it takes – do that in all facets. Don't just do that in arbitration. Do that with roster building, okay? Please. That's all I ask. I I, I still wholeheartedly believe that they will have a difference, and I know you're saying, God, I hope they do. They will have <laughs> a different first baseman starting come opening day than Jake Bowers, and I'm not saying that's because it's going to be uh, Owen Miller. And I almost said Owen Wilson, which would have. Oh, been I would hope. I would hope it's not Owen Miller. Owen <laughs> Owen Wilson might even be better. Right. Yeah. Right. Um. But if we look back to even 2023, um, the so January specifically of 2023, the Brewers signed. Oh, look at that, Colin Ray. That's nifty. Um, that was the. They made the Justin Topa trade. In January, I believe they made the, uh, what's his face, uh, Renfro trade. No, in, Renfro was uh, earlier. That was, was November, earlier? early December. Yeah. Okay. Um, we all know that, um, and this is obviously predates Matt Arnold being, you know, fully the man in charge, but we know that Yelich Kane happened in January. There are plenty yep. of things that can happen in the month of January, especially in a season where the whole free agency window got moved, uh, which kind of just froze deals in general, not only free agent deals. So there's still plenty of stuff to happen. There is still stuff that can happen even after January. So yeah. we're, I'm, 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 I'm still holding on to a whole lot of hope that uh, there, there are moves to be made by the Brewers and there will be a different first baseman, even if it's Carlos Santana, like we talked about, but a different first baseman, Manning, that position when opening day against the Mets happens. The Brewers are the very first game to be played in 2024. Oh, really? Yeah. 12, uh, 12, 15 PM, not AM, hopefully not AM, 12, 15 PM Mets versus Brewers kicks off the schedule on opening day. Found that there out. We game times were released yesterday. Yeah. And out, out there on the, uh, the East coast. Yeah. Opening season in New York against David Stearns' ball club over there. But, right. uh, yeah, it should I mean, be uh, should be a fun one as long as there is someone there that is not Jake Bowers uh, at first base. But, yeah, I, I'm totally with you. I think it's going to be somebody else. But still, the the every single day that passes where he's the top guy on the depth chart, when I look at roster resource on fan graphs and I see him in that starting lineup, I'm just like, oh, my goodness, we need to do something <laughs> about this. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, the, the final arbitration case – I uh, just kind of kind of wrap this up. Yoel Piamps, uh, he settled with the Brewers for one point six five million dollars. Uh, so right around right oh. underneath his uh, projection oh, for the season. Um, so Yoel Piamps is settled. So Devin Williams is the only one who files with the Brewers and is likely headed to an arbitration hearing. And uh, it's going to be ugly. It is going to be bitter. And there are no winners in a deal like this, uh, but it's probably what's going to end up happening. So that's really kind of been the the big news. There hasn't been much else on the transaction front uh, for the Brewers. It's been quiet. We've seen some other deals across the league. Uh, Marcus Stroman just signing with the New York Yankees. A couple other players have have signed and and moved, but the Brewers haven't really been involved. So we'll just kind of uh, wait and see and and hope there are more things that are coming down the line for Milwaukee. But until then, Matt, I believe it is time for our draft of the top obscure Brewers legends. Dun-dun-dun. Dun-dun-dun. All right, so I've got a list of of ten names, and we're going to try to not – uh, steal the the sample. We have not talked about our lists. There, there's been no crosstalk. Uh, we we have not compared lists at all. Um, so we've just kind of got some lists of names here, and I, I think we can do a draft style where if if one person is taken, then the other person can't mention them. Because otherwise, I mean, what's what's the fun in that? Oh yeah, we have the exact same same ten players. You know, right? All right, Matt. So. I got my list of 10 here on this very tiny 
packet of notes. You, I'm sure you've got yours. I will I will be generous enough to allow you to kick it off and, and have the first pick in our obscure Brewers Legends draft. Oh, nice. Obscure moments, obscure guys that you just look at and be like, I remember him. He was a brewer. He was fun. I love that guy. Whatever short amount of time, whatever it was. So, Matt, go ahead. The number one pick in the obscure Brewers Legend draft. All right. I'm going to start with um, a player who is small in stature. Um, and he's on your list. I know where you weren't going to start with him, were you? Maybe. <laughs> I think I know where this is going, but go uh, ahead. Good old diminutive Nate Orf. Number one. Yep. He was, he was number one on my Brewers legends list. I remember I was there for his first hit. I, I was sitting on, on the field level and just kind of like right off to the side of home plate. I remember seeing that that home run down the, the left field line. It was glorious. And he, him being held up on the shoulders for the curtain call and just ah, everyone loved that guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Number one obscure Brewers legend. All right. I'm going to go, well, a different route now with my number one pick in this obscure Brewers legends draft. Someone a bit taller. Someone a bit older, someone with perhaps a a dry sense of humor. For my obscure Brewers legend, give me Brett Anderson. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. The old, big old lefty, just the friggin' driest sense of humor there was, just going out there, just shoving every couple of days, stuck around for like two years, whatever it was, uh, just, just gave you some innings, man, and... It was Brett Anderson. Just freaking loved him. I, he was, when, like, on social media, on Twitter in particular, he's just, it, that sense of humor is, was perfect for Twitter. I loved, like, just the, the little quips he'd come in with. I was like, God, this dude is, he's good. He's good. So, okay. All right, Matt, your turn. Round that number two. Your, your number two pick in the obscure Brewers Legends draft. Um, let's go back to. We're gonna go back to the mid 2010s or so. Um, this guy was definitely famous on Wednesdays in particular. Oh. <laughs> Wei Chung Wong. Wei Chung Wong. I don't know if Wei he qualifies as a legend. No, yeah. Yeah, he, he definitely qualifies for for the obscure Brewers Cause, Legends cause draft. He was he wasn't famous for playing. He was no, of course not famous for yeah. not playing. <laughs> exactly, he was famous for just taking up a roster spot and having the Brewers yep. bullpen be a man down all season. And then once they finally got past the whole Rule Five nonsense, he didn't end up even being good. Yeah, yeah, that was just, that was just a giant giant waste of time. All right, let's see. Several different options for me to go with. Um, I think I'm I'm going to go to the outfield now. Uh, going to go with a guy who was here for a very short amount of time, but definitely had an impact in, in a big couple of games. Give me good old Billy the Kid, Billy McKinney. Billy, oh, nice. Nice. Billy I, McKinney. I, I still yes. remember a sliding catch he had in left field. Uh, exactly. See, it's it's moments like that that yeah. made him a yeah. Brewers legend. They're on the 2021 Brewers. Just so many moments, like early on in the season, and then he got traded to New York, I think it was. <laughs> just All right, see you, Billy. Yeah, he's back to New York because he started there. He's a, he's they like, started with oh, the Yankees, and I think we traded him to the Mets, I think, right? Yeah, but I thought he had, I, I thought he ended up back with the Yankees at some point. Either way. He is my go-to Brewers-Yankees uh, immaculate grid answer, Yeah, I will say. So, um, one, I, I, I'm, I'm torn. I'm going with this anyway because he is a Brewer and he is a legend. But, again, when it came to actually playing, he only pitched in 73 games for the Brewers across four seasons. So, you know, didn't get a ton of action, but damn it, 
Tim Dillard is a Brewers legend. That's true. Yep. And when, Absolutely. It, when it comes to his playing career, it was it was shorter. So, yeah. you know, so I'm going Tim Dillard. I got to have yeah. he's got to be on one of these lists. His playing career was was maybe more on the obscure side for for legendary career, but yes, he is absolutely still a legend in Brewer circles, and now obviously on the Bally Sports broadcasts and being around the team and being part of everything on social media, staying with the organization, uh, continues his legendary status um, even even after his playing day. So yes, great pick, great addition to your legendary uh, Brewers roster. I am going to go back into the mid the mid aughts, the mid two thousands. Ooh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I am going to go with the original Shohei Otani, Brooks Kishnick. Oh, that's a fantastic. Brooks Kishnick. He was a pitcher. He got DH opportunities. Dude could hit bombs. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you, man, he was Shohei Otani before Shohei Otani was cool. I he was like the first quote unquote famous athlete who followed me on Twitter like <laughs> years years ago. I'm talking like 2014 or so. I don't remember how long Twitter's existed, but um, and yes, I said Twitter, and I'll continue to. It is Twitter, damn it. Yeah. Um. All right. My next one, he's actually he actually played in about as many games as Dillard did, but on the offensive side of the ball, late 2010s, um, he had a game. I don't think it was two Grand Slams in the same game. Maybe it was back-to-back days with the Grand Slam. Oh, I think I know like where you're that. going. You know who I'm talking about, though. Give me Tyler Saladino. Oh, he was on my list, man. Yeah. He was on my list. Yeah, I was I was debating between Saladino or Kishnick for that last pick. I should have gone Saladino. Ah. But, yeah, man, the, the back-to-back Grand Slams, uh, there's still a guy on Twitter, Saladino World, who's, who's yep. just still, like, big part of Brewer's Twitter and still on, on the Tyler Saladino train. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what Saladino's up to now, but he is a Brewer's legend for sure. All right, okay. so that is that is going to be up. That is your fourth pick, correct? Yeah. Um. So that, this is going to be a pick number four for me. Um. And I'm going to go back to the to the aughts. Going to go back to 2008, a playoff team, and there was a legend on that Brewers playoff team as they were making their push to the playoffs. An obscure one. No, I'm not talking CC Sabathia. He does not count. He is too big. <laughs> Uh, of a name to be in this obscure Brewers Legends list. So before you even get any ideas over there, Matt, but I'm going to go with Big Red, Seth McClung. Seth McClung. Oh, I did not have him on one of my on my list. Oh, man. Now Big Red, Seth McClung, he, he had some huge moments down the stretch there in 08. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I as As we're talking, I'm now thinking of more people. No, that I no thinking. Yeah. I, I, I didn't realize when we first talked about this, I didn't know we were realized we were going fully into the obscure. So a lot of, a lot of the people's I had on my list are definitely not obscure, but definitely legends. Um, so, so you had CC Sabathia on there, didn't you? I didn't know. I did not, I did not have, I didn't quite go to that level. No. Um, okay. So I kind of have a similar one actually to that. It was in a different, we're going to the uh, fast forwarding to the 2011, um, playoff year and for whatever okay. reason there's a when i think of that team there's a player that i think of outside of gomez outside of niger morgan outside of you know gallardo and axford and braun and Fiel- all the different players he came over by trade midway through the season played 45 games but had like was a big glue piece down the stretch i, I know where you're going yeah Jerry Harrison, for whatever yep. reason, always sticks out in my mind when I think back to that team. Yeah, I, I love Jerry Harrison Jr., man. That was uh, He had some really big moments for that team. He came up clutch, big veteran addition. Yeah, absolutely loved that guy. I should have put him on my list. I thought about it, uh, but I ended up not putting him on there. I don't know why, but uh, yeah. Oh, excellent pick. Okay, so... 
This is going to be pick number five for me. And every good legendary team needs a legendary catcher. You need a catcher on your legendary team. So for my obscure Brewers legend catcher, I think, Matt, you know where I'm going. Very popular amongst Brewers fans. Give me Eric Kratz. Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm happy because you uh, you didn't steal one of mine then. No, I was not going to put Mario Feliciano. <laughs> I that now that's obscure. That, now that, that is obscure because he did make his debut. He did score. He drew a walk and he scored the winning run. Did he not? I he sure as hell did against the Dodgers of all teams. And I was yeah. at work. I still specifically remember yeah. that day, which is all sad. right. So. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So we are halfway through our obscure Brewers Legends draft. Uh, So let's just run through. uh, Matt, uh, what is what is your roster? Just run through the five you got on your list so far. So far, we've got uh, Nate Orff, Wei Chung Wong, Tim Dillard, Tyler Saladino and Jerry Hairston. All right. And on my team, I have Brett Anderson, Billy McKinney, Brooks Kieschnick, Seth McClung, and Eric Kratz. All right, we are on to the sixth round of our Obscure Brewers Legends draft. Matt, you have the selection. Take it away. Um, it's funny, you, you mentioned a catcher right around that same era, and I had a catcher on my list who happens to be a newly minted manager this oh. year. Stephen Boat. Oh, Boat. okay, yep. Stephen yep. Boat. He was, a, he, was a, he was a fan favorite for that little bit of time that he ended up being with the Brewers. Yep, that that I is like a good that. one. That I that like is that, that is a good. Like, like I was saying, man, every great obscure Brewers, every great obscure Legends team needs a catcher. Mm-hmm. I had Eric Kratz, which which is a fine selection of itself. But Stephen Vogt, also a fan favorite, also beloved, um, and absolutely excellent, excellent choice there in the sixth round too. What a steal right. for Stephen Vogt. All right, let's see. Sixth round for me. You know, as we were talking about uh, that obscure moment for Mario Feliciano where he scored that uh, game-winning run, it reminded me of an extra inning game that the Brewers ended up winning uh, because of a pitcher drawing a walk and that kept things going and ended up scoring a run. He sucks everywhere else. But with the Brewers, he is the second coming of Cy Young. Yeah, he is. Jordan Lyles. Jordan Lyles. Freaking. That is a Brewers legend right there. He is only good with Milwaukee. Everywhere else, he's like, I'm going to pitch terribly here because I want to go back home to Milwaukee. That is the place where I want to be. That is where I thrive. And that makes Jordan Lyles a Brewers legend. I. That That's. Michael Jordan Lyles. He even wore 23 <laughs> at one point. But he turned into the Michael Jordan of pitching with the Brewers. It's it's insane. You look at his ERA with us versus I'm I'm pulling it up again just because it's it, it always I It's bonkers. It's bonkers how he's so bad everywhere else. But with Milwaukee, he was fantastic. 2.64 is his career ERA as a Brewer in 75 innings, 8 and 1 record. He has an ERA no lower than five. Nope, never mind. He had a 4.42 with Baltimore. He managed to pull it down to that. Everywhere else he's been, it's five or higher. That's Jesus. just nuts. But two it's points with the Brewers. A Brewers legend in every sense of the word. Go figure. Um, okay. I got one who was kind of... He, he didn't end up doing that well with the Brewers, but he was kind of a legend in how he helped us get through the weird pandemic season, 2020. Things start back up, and you've got a, a non-roster invitee who's got a chance to make the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, was it sip it and rip it? Was that the saying? Yeah. Give me yep. Lobo. Logan Morrison, hard to ah, very nice on the his, team. His but, coffee reviews, yeah. Yep. I it, thought you were going to go a different guy from that 2020 team. Um, 
but I think I, I might have to take him on on my team oh, instead. Man. Oh man. Yeah, a guy who this. who thrived in the Brewers uniform that year. Give me Jed Jerko. That he was arguably the best offensive player for the Brewers that year. He was strong, arguably. He got let go, and then like we never saw him again. Like he didn't play anywhere else after that. No, No. he's uh, a. Last I heard from him, he was uh, he was a coach for the like summer draft league. Yeah, yeah, like he's gone into coaching or something now. I also remember like like during some of those uh, videos like back then, he was playing like cornhole in his Mm -hmm. house and just kind of just just, like throwing him in from just like from from like the loft and just like all over the place and just just dropping dimes. Yeah, and then just done, which was yeah. so weird because he certainly looked – with the Brewers, he certainly looked like – I mean, hell, we could have used the third baseman at times like Jerko after that outside of the the one good – I guess the next season was the year where Arias was uh, pretty solidly decent. But, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, okay. Anyway, um, let's go – I'm going to rewind to the one year that he was with the team – um, this was 2019. He yeah. was a uh, trade deadline acquisition, and he gave birth to a friend of the podcast's significant announcement. What? <laughs> so I'm going Drew Pomeranz. Ah, yes. Okay. But as we know, that was the significant move. Yes. That uh, friend of the podcast and fellow fan-sided uh, writer, Robert Murray. Yeah, uh, trading announced. trading Mauricio Dubon to the Giants for a significant return. Yep. It was Drew Pomeranz and Ray Black instead of uh, Madison Bumgarner or was it Will Smith? I think they were hoping for still a couple of other names that we thought it was going to be. But nope, Drew Pomeranz. And everyone's yeah. like, wait, what? What are you talking about here? But it worked out well. Pomerantz was It did. Pomerantz was great. Yeah. And then they let him go, and he signed a big deal with uh, San Diego. So, yeah, it happens. All right. Let's see. This is going to be round number eight. This is round number eight, I believe. Yep. Second. Okay. So three more names to pick. Oh, man. And I've got a couple more still here on my board. All right. I'm going to go with a beloved Brewers outfielder from the mid-2000s. Back when the team wasn't that good. But this guy was beloved by pretty much everyone that I remember uh, growing up. It was before the Carlos Gomez days. Give me Brady Clark. Oh, yeah. Brady Clark and his weird throw where he... Yeah. No, like, it wasn't even that. Like, his throw from the outfield, he almost, like, turned his arm into, like, Ralph Macchio when he was doing the swan move. Like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that was like what Brady Clark like contorted his arm to and then th- it was the most bizarre thing ever but it worked for him I guess I don't know yeah but he also had a, a funky batting stance too though like Brady Clark yeah just yeah just, just kind of doing the yeah popping yeah, yeah. all right so I have added Jordan Lyles Jed Jerko and now Brady Clark to my obscure Brewers Legends list and Matt, you have added who's it again? Um, Stephen Vogt, Logan Morrison, Andrew Pomeranz. All right, let's. Um, all right, so we're heading into round nine of our obscure Brewers Legends draft. And uh, also, just if anyone has has names popping to their minds, uh, we'd love to hear them on mm-hmm. Twitter. You can at either of us at dgasper24 for me at mkmat13 for Matt or at coldbrew underscore pod, which is a podcast's uh, Twitter account. Be sure to follow the pod on there. All right, two more rounds to go. Matt, who do you have here in round nine? Um, So we we like big, bulky hitters, right? I'm going back to early 2000s here. Um, oh, okay. We, we, like, we like big guys. We like Prince Fielder, Rowdy Telez type mm-hmm. sluggers, Richie Saxon. Um. I forget a lot of times that the legendary Matt Stairs played for the Brewers. Yes. And Matt Stairs in 2002. I think, you know, back to those early teams, back when, you know, we started in, you know, uh, Miller Park 
as it was named at the time. So I don't have to feel bad about saying it right now. Um, but yeah, you had, you know, you had Bill Hall, I think of a lot from back then for some reason, but Saxon and Jeff Jenkins. And it was before we started getting some of the young guys still had Ben Sheets, but Matt Stairs in his one season clobbering all of 16 homers for as big a guy as he was. Um, but yeah, he, he had his little cup of coffee, I guess, if you'll call it 107 games with the Brewers. Yeah, Matt Stairs, man, he uh, he came up clutch. All right, um, well, we're um, all right. I'm going I'm going to give my my round nine uh, choice here, and then we'll we'll, we'll break uh, for quick little quick little news uh, coming in um, before we we get to the tenth and final round. So my round nine choice here. For the Obscure Brewers Legends draft, I am going to pick the best laugh in all of baseball. And you all know where I'm going from here. Damn Give it. me Brett Phillips. Damn it. In oh, round nine goodness. of the Obscure Brewers Legends draft, I get a steal in round oh, nine. Ninth the round. The former top prospect, Dab. beloved by everyone, couldn't hit very well but had a cannon for his throwing arm, had that like 108-mile-an-hour throw from center field to gun a guy down at the plate. Give me Brett Phillips. Oh, I'm I'm not happy that I glossed over How that. did he last this long? Yep. Missed right. it. Oof. Yeah. That's that's what happens in the draft, man. Like, how did these guys – how did Aaron Rodgers last with 24? How did okay. Jordan Love last with 26? Who knows? Uh, but, uh, yeah. All right. So we are nine rounds into our obscure Brewers legends draft. We will get back to it after we add in some breaking news here yes. because we are recording this here on, on Thursday night. And sometimes news comes in while we're recording. And that news is Devin Williams has settled with the Brewers on a one year, $7.25 million deal with a club option. He gets a $7 million salary this season plus a $10.5 million salary for next season with $1 million in escalators and a $250,000 buyout. So that covers his final two years of arbitration. It does not buy out any free agent years, but the Brewers thankfully smartly avoid taking Williams to a hearing where they have to, where it has to get dirty and nasty and, and they have to talk down about their player they wisely come to a deal. The Brewers filed at 6.65. Williams was at 7.3, and he signs for 7.25. So yeah. Williams is, you know, he's coming out pretty far ahead here. Yeah. Yeah, he ends up getting pretty darn close to what he wanted. Um, and it's interesting. Like, you wonder, like, did they say, listen, we're going to file at this, but – like obviously we're working on it we're gonna you know our goal is to get to here so ignore what you read when it comes out that you know this is what we're filing at because just you know because of the timing of everything we're gonna have to put in i yeah. I wonder how in, that in case it comes down to it we'll right. we'll file at this and yeah. and and we'll we'll go through this process but we really don't want to right so like but maybe i i think maybe what the holdup was was that club option mm-hmm. and, oh, and sure. maybe trying to extend him um, and, and maybe trying to put together the, the details on that club option, because they don't want to have to go through the arbitration process like, like this again with someone like Williams, especially since he doesn't have the save totals, it's going to be hard for him to argue for those, you know, winning salaries uh, in arbitration. So this way he gets some cost certainty. The Brewers get some cost certainty. He gets mm-hmm. to avoid arbitration in all likelihood, because that club option for ten and a half million is likely to get picked up. Because even though the Brewers don't like paying relievers, Williams is very clearly worth that. Yeah. So it, it, this is a great move uh, for the Brewers. They're they're doing something smart here, which is great to see. Love to see it. <laughs> Love it when smart things happen. Uh, so Devin Williams avoids arbitration. So the whole like first like twenty minutes of this podcast uh, is now kind of like irrelevant. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> which which kind of sucks. 
Um, especially everyone like who's who's listening through this because this goes up on on Friday. Everyone's listening through those first twenty minutes, be like, uh, "This is like out of date information. Like, what are you guys talking about?" But yeah, okay. So now we have the update. Uh, so that is where things stand with Devin Williams. The Brewers will not be taking anyone to an arbitration hearing this year. Uh, he gets a deal one year, seven point two five million with a club option, uh, $7 million for this season. So pretty much right at the midpoint uh, of where they were. Brewers at 6.65, Williams at 7.3. His salary for the season ends up being seven. And then the 250K is on the buyout for the club option. So wins all around. This is an arbitration case where everybody wins. Avoiding arbitration here, everybody wins. Yeah, and it's, you're right. It kind of just escalates up to where, you know, if Williams performs the way that Williams has been performing, that amount, the club option for next year is probably, you know, right around, if maybe not a tiny bit lower than what his number is going to come at in at for 2025. If he ends up, you know, something ends up happening health-wise, he ends up, you know, I can't see this happening because of just what his track record has been like so far, but relievers can be volatile. If he ends up going the other direction, like sometimes happens with closers, the Brewers have that buyout to protect themselves. So, and they do have guys in the pipeline, Abner Uribe, Mizorowski, should they actually go the relief route with him, though I don't think they will. Although Emily Pipeline seems to think so, but that's a different story. Um, they, they've got options should they need to come up with a different, uh, solution to closer, but yeah, it just, it, that's, it's a deal that makes sense. So glad they actually ended up coming through and doing it at the deadline ish at the deadline. Yeah. They, they filed, but they did not go to trial. Thankfully. Right. Uh, so, all right. That is, um, that is, that is the big news there. So now we enter round 10 of our obscure brewers legends draft so one name left for each of us to pick let's run down our rosters once again i have brett anderson billy mckinney brooks kishnick seth mcclung jordan lyles eric kratz jed jerko brady clark and brett phillips and i have nate orf wei chung wong tim dillard tyler saladino Jerry Hairston Jr., Stephen Vogt, Logan Morrison, Drew Pomeranz, and Maddie Stairs. All right. So round 10, Matt, one more name to pick. Who are you adding to your obscure Brewers Legends roster? All right. I, at this point, it's, I feel I, I can't decide if it's an entirely appropriate going this direction because he did pitch a couple seasons for the Brewers as a reliever, it's not like he was out of this world good or particularly horrible. But what he was legendary for was his dang sprint from the bullpen. Uh, Give me yes. some coffee time, Todd Coffee. Todd Coffee, excellent choice. Excellent choice to round out your draft. Oh yeah, I remember seeing the timer on the on the video mm-hmm. board. As as he was coming in, that excellent pick. Was supposed to look like Starbucks ish, but yeah, not really. So yeah, I, I still right. feel okay about it. All right, I am down to my final final few choices here. Got a couple different names on my list. I'm debating where I want to go, but I think this guy had a bit of a better name. It's just so fun to say. Even though his tenure was brief, his name still brings a smile to many. Give me Joe Winklesass coming (laughs) in at number 10. The garbage man. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I can't believe I didn't have him on my own. Joe Winklesass. I bring him up as often as I can. I, oh, that's a great pick. That That is such a great way to round out this draft. That just makes me happy. Winklesass was like the fifth name I wrote down. Like, I ended up going like a whole bunch of different directions, just kind of thinking of some. But like, Winklesass, like, yeah, that was just an obscurity. 
I was uh, when, we were, when we were just talking legends in general. By the way, we we uh, now that we're done, um, we can just name this the Jemai Jones Memorial Draft because that was actually much. how we got on this topic before we started recording. Yeah. Talking, um, yeah, talking before the show, Jemai Jones, just obscure legends. Like, yeah, yeah, let's let's turn up there. I didn't want to include Jones in the list because like I felt that'd be kind of like cheating, but I was kind of the same way. So yeah, it's, it's funny that we both ended up going that direction. But uh, yeah, who yeah. who were some of the other names you had on your list that maybe you didn't go with? Um, I mean, I like I said, I kind of had I had a few that were um I uh legends just in general. So I had like Niger Morgan. Just for being uh, yes. Morgan. Yeah. Um, I had Jonathan Scope specifically the day he played for the Brewers and hit a grand slam off of Madison Bumgarner. Yep. I had Rowdy Telez the pitcher. Nice. <laughs> um, Derek Turnbow because of the hair. The bobblehead with the with doll hair. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I've got he. You still back. have it? Yep. Oh yeah. He's back on the... <laughs> that's amazing. Even though no one can see this on video. Yep, that's the... Oh, my God, there it is. Right there, super gross. Oh, um, disgusting. And I also had, even though he actually played as a starter for the Brewers for a long time, <laughs> one of the first ones I wrote down was Fernando Vina, purely nice. because of the video where he gets blasted by Albert <laughs> Bell on the base paths. Yes. Uh, that was one of the few uh, highlights involving the Brewers in the 1990s. Uh, exactly. Those were those were some dark times. Yeah, dark times indeed. Um, yeah, I had I had a couple of names still left over here on the list. the The last one I was debating between with Winkle Sass, I was debating between Double Zero Curtis Lascanic. Mm. Uh, came in, had a good couple of years in the you know in 2000 to 2003, um, just way back then. Heck, had some pretty decent numbers. I mean, 3.01 ERA in 169 games with the Brewers in three years. I mean, dang. Um, but I had him I was thinking about. Jody Garrett, known hitter for the known, cycle. Known cyclist, yep. Known cyclist, Jody Which? Garrett. Um, I had Aaron Perez, but I don't know if he if he's obscure enough. Um, legend. Yeah, yeah legend for sure. But I don't know if he counts as obscure uh, legend. Uh, I also had written down Adam Lind, mostly for being traded for Freddie Peralta and Chris Carter, a couple of the other first base uh, one and duns that the Brewers have had in recent years since Prince Fielder left. Yeah, if I guarantee you, if you would have actually gone Jody Garrett, I would have then countered with George Kataris. Nice. As yeah. another known cycle getter. Yeah. Chad Moeller. Yep. Is, at this point, this, this podcast has just devolved into naming random brewers. <laughs> we, we just we remember naming, naming random catchers. Jet Bandy. We we could we could go Henry we could, Blanco. We could go I all saw, night with this. Yeah. I I saw Henry Blanco as I was scrolling through some. Of I saw that too. <laughs> yeah. Henry Blanco. Uh, Paul Baco. Yep. <laughs> He's a weird looking dude. He is. I remember. For some reason, wasn't he? I think he was bald, like, but kind of big, stocky. Yeah. Freaking. Uh, then there's a uh, Damian Miller, uh, the pride of West Salem, Wisconsin. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Oh man, just naming random catchers throughout <laughs> uh, throughout the years. It's. <laughs> that'll be next week's podcast. It's just gonna. Be oh just yeah. Yeah, that'll, that'll be a fun catcher time. retrospective. Yeah. But I mean that's that's kind of the point in the offseason we're at almost just yep. with the slowness of, of things moving. But it, it's fun to go down memory lane sometimes yeah. and just kind of think of some of these old names like Nate Orf and Brett Anderson and Brooks Kieschnick and the garbage man Joe Winkle Sass and, <laughs> and Todd Coffee and, and all of them. So if you've got some of your favorite obscure Brewers legends uh, that you did not hear us mention, please uh, reach out to us. Let us know. Tell us on Twitter. Uh, uh, you know, again, I am at dgasper24. Matt is at mkematt13. We've got the podcast page at coldbrew underscore pod. Add us. Reply to us when, when we post the podcast. Let us know who who are some of your favorite obscure 
Brewers legends because we just have fun going down memory lane and, and thinking about some of these guys and and what they've done over the years. And most of these guys are from the, the 2000s and, and 2010s uh, and, and 2020s. So we're, we didn't go as much into the 80s and 90s. But then again, I mean, at least for me, my memory only goes back to about the early 2000s. <laughs> Yeah, it's I would have. And there weren't there weren't much for fun times back in the 90s, at least not with the birds. And I I watched, well, I should say, listen to the games for a lot of those teams. um, But I don't remember them just because I'm old and my memory sucks now. (laughs) I mean, I'm just different. It's just old age now. Yeah, got dementia settling in (laughs) pretty much. Pretty much. I'm filing for my AARP card tomorrow. Oh man, that's rough. That's that's a rough time. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll let Matt get settled with the <laughs> with his ARP card. That'll do it for us. Uh, we hope you enjoyed our obscure Brewers legends and the updates on Devin Williams. Um, so you know, first twenty minutes may have been irre- irrelevant now, but hey, we had fun doing it. Uh, so we appreciate you listening as well. And uh, we'll talk to you again next week. Thank you for listening. This has been the Cold Brew Podcast.